Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Slick Pivot Sessions. I'm Liz Ward and this is the podcast where we dig, delve and deconstruct the journeys of people who have pivoted their careers. I know it can feel rough when you're at a pivot point, so we'll be stripping back the sugar coating and uncovering the pitfalls and progress of our guests, unearthing some practical advice for those of you wanting to make a change. Join me as we crack the formula for making a successful pivot in your life or work. Today's episode is brought to you by The Marshmallowist, gourmet marshmallows in unexpected flavours. If you're stuck for a Mother's Day gift, or you want something more fun than wine and a box of chocolates to take to your next dinner party, then these marshmallows are for you. You can choose your flavours from raspberry and champagne, blueberry and gin, or my own favourite, toasted coconut. To save 15% on your next order, simply go to themarshmallowist.com and enter the code SLICKPIVOT at the checkout. Why not treat someone today to some mallow love? My guest today is Ashley Perret, founder of Own Your Worth and TEDx speaker. Ashley pivoted from her corporate HR career to be a leadership coach and negotiation advocate. She helps her clients strip back their fears, get confident, communicate effectively and earn more. Ashley shares her story of a painful exit from her HR job that people knew her for. This point in time shaped everything else for her. After moving back from New York, she started to rebuild in her hometown of Boston. Alongside having a day job, she retrained and started her business as a side hustle before taking the leap a few years later. Ashley's clients have seen pay rises of more than $40,000 and her TEDx talk was a key pivot point where she could really move forward from her previous career. She tells us why you shouldn't ask for a pay rise from an emotional place why negotiation is a crucial skill in breaking through the ceilings we subconsciously place over our own heads. And if you haven't pushed for a no, you have no idea what else might have been on the table. I hope you enjoy this Slick Pivot session. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe to this podcast, leave a review and a star rating. Subscribers, written reviews and star ratings really help us grow this podcast, reach more people and bring you fantastic guests like Ashley. So hi Ashley, it's so great to have you on the Slick Pivot Sessions podcast. Hi Liz, I'm so excited to be here, thank you. I am such a fan of your work and what you are doing as the fabulous CEO and founder of Own Your Worth, bringing such important tools to women, helping them negotiate, helping them break through glass ceilings. It's just amazing what you're doing in terms of helping people really change their lives. I'm really excited about hearing your story and, and for everybody else, you know, as this is Slick Pivot Sessions, you are here as an expert, but also as a pivoter yourself. So what yes. I'd love, love us to do is like rewind and like talk about your pivot points that got you to this point as this super negotiation expert. How did you get, how did you get here? Hmm. <laughs> Great question. I love, I love this idea of pivoting because it's such a, as you know, Liz, big fear for so many people, but it can be so empowering and exciting and um, 
it happens more often than I think we even give ourselves credit for in terms of like life is always changing so why not embrace it so I love your work as well and um let's see in high school I knew uh so before going to university I knew I I wanted to live in London believe it or not I had that was the first big city I'd ever traveled to when I was a, a kid growing up and so my my vision for my life at that point was I'm going to be an author I'm going to live in a flat in London and um maybe become a psychologist so oh, wow. that's about that's about all I knew uh I knew I would go to to university but you know, life happened along the way, and I ended up studying communications. Um, I never lived in London, but I ended up living in New York City. And so for me, I kind of landed in human resources outside of school, not really knowing what I wanted to do. Um, but I knew I wanted to get work experience before I went back for like a master's degree or anything. Mm. Um, and that was probably one of the best decisions I made because it helped me really understand kind of like what I was good at, what I enjoyed, what I didn't like. Uh, and I really learned about business. And so, you know, if we just fast forward to where I am now, I'm more aligned now to what I originally thought I would be doing when I was, you know, a teenager than, than along the way. So certain changes, shifts, pivots, failures uh, happened to kind of lead me back what I like to call home, um, to, to be doing work that really lights me up and aligns with, um, yeah, how I want to make an impact and a difference in the world. So, um, the, the corporate work that I've done was definitely a, a crash course in, in business, which has served me well now as a business owner. Um, but it was a lot of self-discovery and ups and downs managing a career. I've always been, um, someone who kind of just leaps. <laughs> so I, I had, you know, a career in Boston in HR and I always wanted to live in New York city. And so at one point I just said enough is enough. And I quit my job and I moved to New York city without having another job lined up. Um, and I've also done that with like traveling and just even starting my own business. Like once I get my mindset on something, I end up usually leaping and kind of figuring out as I go. Um, but usually it's after some, some time, like not being happy or fulfilled. And then I really have to look and yeah. then I'm like, you know what, let's just do it because this is not working. <laughs> so it's like, it's often I find with those things is that you have been gathering information. We say we leap, but actually you've been gathering information for quite a long time to kind yes. of put all that data together. And then it's like, okay, today I'm going to push the button and I'm going to go, whoop. <laughs> and so um, it's often not an overnight thing, but subconsciously we've been building that data. And so what yes. was, tell us about then the real pivot from corporate into the CEO of Own Your Worth. <sighs> yes, and, and you're right. It's, it's from the outside, it looks like I make these huge, right? Um, life-changing decisions but it's been something that yeah my there was a whisper or a, um that subconscious pull for quite some time so oh this is where negotiation comes in having worked in human resources um I spent a lot of my career coaching and supporting managers and employees through right the onboarding new hire process through career development through career growth through leadership training um, and I was always right, an advocate for others um, 
and it being an HR, one of my big struggles was trying to understand, you know, how can I walk that line between supporting an organization and supporting employees? And that's where I kind of, that's, that's probably the beginning of the end for me in terms of my formal HR career, because I always felt I had to choose a side. Um, and mostly it was the employer side. Yeah, sometimes it's quite a lot of tension between what the business wants and what the employee wants, isn't there? Having witnessed that through my career for other people, it finally came to a head for my own personal career growth. Um, when I realized, you know, I was in what I considered at that time my dream job, but I was overworked, I was stressed out, I was not feeling recognized or valued, um, I was uh, on the low end of the market in terms of pay, and I was feeling really afraid to self-advocate and to speak up and to ask my boss not only for a raise, but um, to really ask for what I wanted, which was to be more recognized, more opportunities for growth. Um, and so <laughs> I waited a long time. And during that wait, while you were waiting, like what was going through your head? Mm, I was getting more frustrated and resentful about the work in the organization and also just upset with myself because I wasn't, I didn't have the courage to, um, I think, speak up, but I was also, it became emotional, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, why, why is this company not taking care of me, right? Why does my boss not see how, how hard I'm working, right? It became very, um, yeah, personal. And the longer the time went on that I wasn't speaking up, um, the, the pivot point came when I got a, a phone call from Facebook and they started interviewing me for a potential position. And that's when all these light bulbs went off around uh, what was possible for me in the marketplace in terms of pay and opportunity. Um, and then I finally asked for a raise and it was from an emotional place. Mm. Uh, it didn't, it did, didn't really go well. Um, I didn't get what I wanted. Uh, it really, my fears along the way were that I was going to hear no and that I would ruin the relationship with my boss. And that kind of was how it felt when it happened, but it was the answer I needed. Like hearing no for me was the pivot point to start really self-reflecting and deciding, you know what, this, this is not working for me anymore. And I've known it for a while, but I had to address, um, my emotional, the emotional components of, yeah. you know, what was holding me back from self-advocating, uh, and really go through a grieving period because I felt like, oh, this job that my identity was so wrapped around, um, you know, I was leaving it. It wasn't going to be there anymore. So what did that mean for me? So it was kind of like this crash and burn feeling, which ultimately right led to me starting my business, which has been yeah amazing. Amazing. <laughs> but that, that kind of, that meeting, the one that you, you know, you did self-advocate by going to have that conversation and asking mm -hmm. for that raise. Um, mm -hmm. What I'm hearing is that you went in thinking he's going to say no. Um, and, yes. um, and, and, and with a lot of emotion. So can you, can you share like what, you were thinking like going in were you prepared for it were you like excited or um... no this is this is where my like this leap this leap feeling of in within me comes out where I just went and did it it was I had waited so long that um my preparation was oh look another company is calling me 
And this is what I had seen in corporate, right? We, we as an organization or with other organizations, um, you know, employees would bring offer letters from other companies and say, you know, I really want to stay here. What can you do for me? And so I thought, ah, this is my opportunity to make a case based off of, you know, other people calling me. Um, yeah. So I really just ripped off the Band-Aid. I didn't prepare. Um, mm-hmm. And I it was emotional for me to even ask at that point, but it, in my head, I was thinking, you know what? I just need to know if it's going to be no, that's fine. But like, I can't live like this anymore type of feeling. And yeah, yeah. I just have to do it. So I did it. <laughs> and you came away from that thinking, okay, now I'm leaving. Yes. <laughs> so what, 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 how did it play out? Oh, it was, it was really sad. It was really sad. Um, you know, I ended up working with my boss to, to have a transition period outside of the company. And um, I was also moving, you know, back to Boston from New York City. So there's a lot of... So there's a life a change as well yes. as the job. It was like you lived in New York City. So yes. the job and the home and it all came together that that was all over. Yeah. And that's that was a big part of the emotional piece for me was I, I was planning to move. And I thought, aha, I'd still have right my career. I'd still have this job that was a huge part of my life. But when I realized that, you know, I wasn't going to be keeping that, like everything felt like it was different and changing. And that was like the beginning of being able to like let go of, you know, an old life or an old vision for myself that I had and really make space to to let in something new, let in new ideas, new insights. Um, but it was it was painful. I know like losing a job, especially when you've attached right so much of your self-worth to it, um, you know, is really, is really difficult. So it was, it was painful, but it was so well worth it. (laughs) Yeah, I can totally resonate. Like it's taken me back to my, my own experiences in some of those situations where you're just like, oh my God, this is so painful. Um, But there is a side out the other, you know, there's a way out the other side. So what happened for you and and, and what did you do to kind of Mm. rebuild next? So kind of two things were happening simultaneously. I really got clear about, you know, what were my fears around self-advocating and negotiating. And um, I knew if it was that difficult for me, having access to salary data, being in human resources, having access to senior leaders and CEOs, I knew that if I had that trouble of speaking up and making an effective case for myself that, you know, other people, other women must be going through what I went through, if not worse. Um, yeah, because essentially you were the HR person, so you had the rule book. Yes. You knew what to do. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I helped people do that. Um, but it, when it came to myself, right, it was a completely different story. So I started teaching salary negotiation workshops and just I the light bulb went off in my head like, aha, this is what this is your platform, Ashley. Like, this is what people want to know. Like you have an opportunity here to kind of remove the veil of HR and bridge this gap between the employer and employee, which was the place that I struggled. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So bridging that gap, I just started telling, you know, it took me a while to be able to tell my story because it still was painful, but I wanted people to know that there was a better way and how to address, right. The emotional side of self-advocating 
and negotiation, and then also how to effectively build a case so that way you can show your value to your employer and or your boss. So I started kind of down this path of just teaching salary negotiation workshops, and that actually helped me like heal and understand and get clear on what happened with my own uh, career and story. And at the same time, you know, I worked in HR for a couple more years um, while I was still trying to figure out like, okay, what's happening? So I never really wanted to, or I never thought like I was going to start my own business. You got a day job in Boston, is that what I'm hearing? So you were still in HR. You 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 kind of kept with your, as I call it, like you know, like your career equity. That was like that was the thing that you could do. So you you were doing that, and then on the side, were you doing the workshops, or were they part of? No, they're on the side. Um, So yes, I kept my day job. I um, started volunteering, teaching these salary negotiation workshops as part of a an initiative in Boston to close the gender pay gap. Um, ah, okay. and that was, yeah, that's where the, I actually attended the workshop myself as an attendee and that's when mm-hmm. the light bulb went off. Like, aha, I need to be up there teaching this because what was missing was the entire HR perspective, uh, and employer perspective from the original training that I went to. Um, and so I reached out and became a facilitator for those, um, workshops and, it finally hit me when after one of the workshops, ironically enough, I, I gave a workshop on this topic at Facebook and <laughs> <laughs> how, how funny how these things. Turn out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I had a long line of women waiting to talk to me. So that was when it became really clear, like, ah, there's something here and I want this to be what I do full time. And I'm super passionate about it, but it took me yeah, a couple of years to, um, you know, where I was building my business on the side before I made the ultimate leap to run it full time and leave corporate HR. Mm. Wow. And so how did you know when that time was to do that next leap? (sighs) Yes. (laughs) Well, it was a combination of just being so busy, um, running my full-time day job, and then also trying to manage, you know, a side hustle, which was becoming a business, um, that, you know, I, I knew something had to shift. Uh, and also I decided to hire a fantastic coach. Um, I had worked, you know, with, uh, I had done different programs, but I finally, I invested the most I'd invested in myself, um, with this business coach. And it felt like, you know, it was again, another like, wow, what am I doing? Like, if I'm going to quit my job, why am I investing, you know, over $10,000 in a coach, but it was my heart, right. Just told me it was one of those, again, voices, like you have to do this. And so I gave myself kind of a soft deadline and I hired a coach and, um, I more than doubled that investment, uh, within the first three weeks of working with her and I've never looked back. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so, and so you never look back and say, now you, you are running own your worth and you help give women the tools and techniques to really, you know, own their worth. Mm-hmm. And what, what, um, what are your, like, if we now look back and go like, what are your proud moments from doing that? Um, definitely 
my TEDx talk, um, getting up on, having the opportunity to get up on a stage and just share a bit of my story, but a bit of, you know, what I, why I think it's so important to own our worth and, and connect to, right, that um, inner self that knows, right, we're worth it and that we can achieve and accomplish anything we set our mind to if we give ourselves permission. Uh, so definitely having the opportunity, you know, not long after quitting my career to, to give a talk, to, to share my, my voice with the world. So that's been an amazing opportunity and moment, just being up on that stage. It was like another re uh, affirmation for me that like, this is what I meant to be doing. Um, it's such a fabulous TED talk yeah. if anyone wants to watch it. It's called Have Your Cake and Negotiate Too. And Ashley gives some brilliant tips in that. And what was it like, you know, knowing that you had a TEDx book and you were going to go and share this message? Oh, it was it was amazing because you know, this probably resonates with you, Liz, but I, I wrote down in a, in a journal as part of my vision um, a couple of years ago that I wanted to give a TEDx talk. And that was it. I just wrote it down as like a stretch dream of mine. And then all of a sudden, a few months later, I got a, a LinkedIn message where I was being invited to pitch a talk. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy and so cool. Um, so it, it was it was such an honor. And there was also a lot of right preparation and trying to um, for me, that was a big piece where it was like, okay, I'm separating myself from right my old former self in my HR career to now um, right sharing my message. So it was difficult to share right the personal piece because I still had um, to believe it or not a lot of fear around sharing my story about what happened to me and my boss and my old company and um, the stuff runs deep. So it was an opportunity for me to kind of get over that and just put it out there and let it go. Um, and, and that's why I think I'm really proud of it because it was not easy, but it was also such an amazing process to be able to work with some great people. And, um, again, just share my, a message with the world. Yeah. And almost like a real stage for you to work through some of that pain. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I know for me when I've done, um, some public speaking events and, 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 sh and, prepared to talk about my own experience has it has been that process of like shedding shedding some of that pain and stepping into stepping into the now mm -hmm. and and one of the things I think people find hard to get over is it's is kind of it's it's letting go of that old world and and being in our new power yes and uh you know are you standing on that TEDx stage and doing that it's a big kind of footprint in the world to say this is me now this yes. is what I believe this is what I know yes well done well mm -hmm. done thank you um <laughs> and 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 what else what can you give me one more um high five moment something that you're proud of mm, I mean the clients that I get to work with um everyone just the women and, and men as well but the my clients when they when they own their worth when they make their asks when they receive you know 20 30 40 thousand dollar pay increases but then they're able to tell me you know what actually I, I I've never felt more confident in who I am and what's possible for me like that. I have those, those proud moments, you know, every day and working with the people that um, are ready to step into their power as well. And for me, that's just like been the biggest gift and reward and, and 
kind of surprised for me as well. Um, just how amazing it is to reflect this back with, with the, the clients that I get to work with. And so, um, yeah, I just feel grateful and lucky and super excited every day to do work that I love and to, to, um, help others step into their power because there's, there's been a ripple effect, Liz, in terms of like my clients will come back and say, my friend or my partner or my husband also asked and received a raise. And, um, it's just continuing to, um, grow this message where, you know, especially as women in the workforce, we, we do have an opportunity to use our voice and to be recognized for our impact. And uh, it can start with us, which is really, really exciting. So for me, it's just been the amazing, um, you know, and, and helping other women start their own businesses as well has been a big surprise, um, you know, that, that people are coming to me to ask these, you know, ask for my pivot story and how can they do the same thing. So really helping mm -hmm. to, um, again, give, give clients a voice to find right what's next for them um I was gonna usually say, that, that level of satisfaction I can hear it in your voice it's like you know having the effect that effect on people's lives and that ripple effect um can really keep you going and I, I think for me yeah. and a lot of people that I work with it's when they find something that they really believe is making a difference for other people and they can see that happening uh, really can help motivate you especially when you are on your own entrepreneurial journey finding that thing where you know what it is that you can offer and how you can help and then seeing that happen um is kind of like a bit of a secret in how to grow a business really isn't yes. it yes 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 because it's not it's about so much more than just growing the business exactly exactly <laughs> and so what I want to ask you one more question about growing your business and then I really want to dive into owning your worth and and, and how mm -hmm. how we negotiate but as somebody that has pivoted and and had a side hustle and now running your own successful business what were the challenges that you found along the way Oh, um, definitely that question of like, when do I leave my steady corporate paycheck? Um, so money stuff came up for sure. Um, and, and that's why making the decision to hire a coach like got me to where I am now, because it's, I mean, coaching is so, so powerful in terms of it, it helped me to see, right. And identify the fears that were holding me back and keeping me where I didn't want to be anymore versus being able to take inspired action. Mm -hmm. So definitely, um, an opportunity to face my fears around failing. Um, you know, what if I burned through all of my savings? Um, what if I had to sell, um, the condo that my husband and I were living in. Um, so I had to have some tough conversations with my husband, to be honest, to be, to share with him that my fear was making this decision to grow my business, to try a business. Um, my big fear was <clears throat> that I would risk everything, including my relationship with him. Wow. So that's what I uncovered through, coaching. And once I got clear on that fear and was able to talk, um, talk it through with my husband and also just get clear on the fact that if I didn't try, I would re regret it. Um, that's when I was able to finally really make the leap. And so there was that personal challenge. Um, and then just, you know, the, 
losing the structure of corporate, right? I feel like I'm still even detoxing <laughs> from, from having the, you know, always on, you know, nine to five plus career where, you know, for a good year, I'd wake up in the morning, like almost in a panic of what do I need to do? Who did I not respond to? Like just really being able to create a new structure for my life and vision and, and giving myself permission to design a business that supports my ideal life versus feeling like, okay, this is just another thing that's going to weigh me down. So I find in the clients that I've worked with as well, this is a big, can be a big challenge um, because I respond well to external um, expectations. Yeah. So like if, if you know somebody needs you in a meeting room or if somebody's expecting yes. something from you, that you, that mm -hmm. makes you act. Is that, yes, yeah. exactly. And so that if you don't have those things, cause you just started your business, you know, how do you, how mm -hmm. do you have that structure? How do you have that motivation? Yes. That was a big I sometimes have the opposite I thing is like it. how do I actually stop working because there's no structure so um ah. you know there's no go home time because I work from home mm -hmm. um is is mm -hmm. putting in those boundaries as well yes yes definitely it's it's that that there's just creating a new structure right, that works for us versus being um again always on or you know not knowing where to start um that's been a journey for me. Um, and then, yeah, there's been a few other challenges in terms of like what we see online for how to run an effective business, um, versus like what I wanted to do or what feels good for me, like social media as an example. Um, so I've kind of just given myself permission to try mm. different things versus like investing in, um, you know, the, the shiny objects yeah. that people say you need Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as you start being entrepreneurial and looking at certain websites, then suddenly you get like spammed by all sorts of stuff because <laughs> of the yes. beautiful Facebook al algorithm saying, oh, she must be starting a business. <laughs> I must send her all these adverts to tell her she must mm -hmm. do this and she must do that and she must set up this and do this. And it's really, really overwhelming. And it's, I know that when I started my thing, I had no clue that that, e that world was even there you know yeah. and suddenly yes. you know I started <laughs> off and I'm like you know I'm quite clear I know what I want to do um and then I just started getting spammed and it can cloud your judgment so like putting barriers around that and going you know I'm gonna do it my way and this is how I'm gonna do it um sounds like that's yes. what you did uh, thank yes. you so much for sharing those because often people don't talk about these challenges we think oh yeah it's all really shiny and easy um uh but can you can you spend a bit of time sharing some tips for us like what does what does owning your worth really mean at our core we're all in, uh, inherently worthy of receiving abundance receiving love receiving uh gratitude that you know we can it's our birthright to have an ideal life and career whatever that means for you and so it's this Yes, it's about getting paid fairly and competitively for the work that you do because that's how you show up in the world. But it's also just having this deep confidence and inner trust that you are enough. And I feel like in our society, especially now more than ever, there's so much comparison. There's so much I feel behind or I should be here or 
beating ourselves up for not doing X, Y, or Z 10 years ago, um, where it's really about how to own your worth to create your future um, from an ideal place. So uh, negotiation, I think, is one skill set that's really needed in right breaking that glass ceiling. Oftentimes, it's our own glass ceiling, right? We don't think we're worth $100,000, $200,000. And so we hold ourselves back. And then there's also the societal glass ceilings um, that we have to face in terms of biases. So it's, it's how do you know that no matter what's happening outside of you, you are enough. Because from that place, you can create anything. And that's where your power lives. Uh, so for me, that's what own your worth means. <laughs> that that that's beautiful and um and such an important message because you know we are we are worthy but it's all about being in our own power and having that strength to know that you know you're okay no matter what's going on actually <laughs> and and so if someone was thinking about having a negotiation what what tips can you share on that like what might be going on for them and what how can they what do you you know what what would you like to share around helping people out with thinking about negotiating yeah I think the the first question to ask yourself if you're thinking about negotiating is um what fears do you have so what what's either held you back up until this point or um what preconceived notions do you have about asking for and or receiving more money? Um, because a big part of negotiation is connected to our feelings around right worthiness, but also our relationship with money. So the first step is, you know, kind of the piece that I didn't, I didn't personally address was all of my emotional emotions around not feeling valued, not feeling heard, but then being upset with myself that, you know, I didn't speak up sooner. So looking at our, inner world, the emotional components of, hmm, why are we ready to negotiate? Why would it be important for me to be recognized for this work? Um, and ideally, what do I want to receive? So what would be an ideal outcome? Are you looking for a $10,000 increase? Is it that you know, you know, colleagues and peers are making 50 grand more than you? So getting really clear on why you're ready to negotiate and what your ideal outcome would be before you talk to anybody, <laughs> before you, okay. before you sit down with your boss, before you have that meeting, like you need to prepare. So pre preparation um, is huge for negotiation on our, our own part, because we cannot control what our company or what our boss or what our potential new employer might say. But if we take the time to understand our fears, get clear on what we want to ask for, um, and also be willing to walk away, um, that sets you up to have constructive conversations that can build relationships with your boss versus tearing them down because it's not mm. ultimately about if you get it or not. Right. If you can, if you can detach the outcome from again, your worthiness, then, then you're ready to negotiate because if you ask and you hear no, it's usually always better than never asking right? Because the answer will always be no. <laughs> yeah. I, I know that you say if you haven't had, you haven't had a negotiation yes. unless you've heard the word mm -hmm. no. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't heard the word no, you've just asked for something that was 
that was a no-brainer is that is that is that what you mean by yeah it's just if you haven't pushed to a no then you don't know what's what else is on the table you don't know (laughs) where you're you know where the the other party is drawing a line you don't know right what's what's possible the no is where you can say okay that's your no this is my no so how do we find a yes in between yeah that's your no that's my no how do we find a yes in between and and what um what about the timings then for negotiation what's um what's the like best Mm. time or worst time to do it (laughs) worst time is when you're emotional and you've had a bad day and you just want to go in there and 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 you know tell your boss how you really feel uh i don't i don't recommend that so um also it can depending on your organization asking for a raise at your performance review uh, meeting can is not typically ideal because usually um, I'm not sure if it works exactly the same way in the UK, but I think so. Um, usually budget, budgets are already allocated before you have that meeting. So you usually aren't giving yourself right, enough runway to have your boss advocate for you before your meeting. So, so if you're going into a performance re- review discussion and you want to talk about a raise or a promotion, you can probably expect that it's going to be, you know, three to six months out until you actually see it. So I guess the, so what you're saying is ask earlier. Don't, don't wait to that end of year review. And yes. Be like, okay. Where's my pay rise? I've been great all year. Um, yes. them earlier. Yes. And so start dropping that into the conversation yes. or probably set a meeting in place so that you can have that chat a lot earlier. Yeah. Yes. So don't wait until like you need that raise now uh, because it's not going to happen that fast, most likely. So give yourself time and give your boss time by by bringing it up sooner rather than later and doing that prep work. Um, and really the best time to ask is is if you've taken on right more responsibilities, um, if you've just closed a big deal, if you've just completed right, a big project, if you've received a lot of recognition, um, if you know that you're operating at a level above, you know, what you are, you were originally brought in at. So these are all negotiation, right? Is really just conversations, especially with your employer to understand um, the value and impact you're bringing to the company and how that aligns with right their salary bands and, and levels within the organization. So giving your boss as much information as possible from an impact standpoint can help them advocate on your behalf to get you a raise so that because they're advocating on your behalf it's not about you convincing them it's almost like you giving them the information to go and uh be yes. your representative to keep you on their team kind of thing. yeah yes yes because if you're if your boss if you hear no from your boss then you have then, then there's a lot more there a to uncover yeah. right are you and so so yeah. at, what, at that point I suppose you're probably looking for some feedback around what's going on and um yes, yes. it can all, it doesn't have to always be about money either does it I know a lot of people that want to negotiate their working hours and things like that do, do you help people with that mm-hmm. too mm-hmm. yes absolutely a lot of um negotiation right can be with a vendor as a business owner you could uh, negotiate right the terms of a contract or the the rates or yes as a you know a new mom returning to the workforce maybe you want to negotiate um 
a slower return to work or flexible work hours or working from home. Um, you know, sometimes depending on where you are in your life, right? Understanding, yes, it's important that you're paid fairly from a base pay and overall compensation package, but what else is important to you, right? Is it training and development? Is it an opportunity for growth? Is it the flexibility to work from home? Um, is it travel? Is it something else, right? So that, that changes for us depending on where we are in our life um, and being able to negotiate, um, again, from a place of, if you're able to allow me to work from home, right, two days a week, um, right, the, these, this is what you'll receive in return, right? So being able to articulate that the company is still getting something, right, for giving you this benefit um, is really important, right? You don't have to feel, I know a lot of people feel perhaps guilty, um, like, oh, if I work from home, that means I have to do more. I have to overwork. <laughs> yeah, the, I hear that a lot. I have hear that a lot. I'm working from home, so yes. I'm going to work really, really, really hard just to prove the point that I'm at home and I must send loads and loads of emails throughout the whole day just to kind of um, yes. show them that you're online because they. I think we all have this in perception that people that work <laughs> from home are skiving off, which I absolutely yeah. think that that is not true because we're... Um, I think people yes. should be very, very focused at home. But what's going on there? Yeah, How can it's, we get it's around a, that? also about setting boundaries for yourself, right? Because working from home, we end up working more, right? There's no, there's no commute involved. There's no taking yeah. a coffee break with your colleagues and chatting for, about lunchtime. It's like working all the time. So making sure that you are recognizing that you're doing enough and how do you articulate that? So putting in plan, putting a, um, plan in place with your boss, like, hey, we'll have a weekly check-in or a bi-weekly meeting, like something where you can, you have the opportunity to, to show, right, and articulate, oh, this is what I was able to accomplish, not daily, it's not like a checking in, but are you meeting your goals ultimately, right, and how do you have that conversation with your boss? Because at the end of the day, we can't control other people's perceptions, but as long as your boss is happy with your performance, then for me, that's enough, right? It's, it's trusting that you're doing a great job and that um, you can get your job done from anywhere. Yeah, and I think that's about like, yes, again, stepping into that power and knowing, okay, I've got autonomy because I am working from home. So I'm going to be that kind of autonomous leader mm -hmm. and say, here's my plan. Like, this is what I'm doing at the moment. This is what I've done last week. Here's an update on this. Yes. Um, and off I go. Um, and uh, yeah, being less like, here, look at this every single day. Yes. Um, and they will trust and respect you there. As well. Yeah. Thank you so much for those tips. So knowing where you are now and, 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 and creating your work and uh, the business own your worth, what, and thinking about your pivot points, what would the old Ashley say to the new Ashley? Oh, the old Ashley say to the new Ashley. I don't know. What came up was just like, just be brave. Continue to be brave. Continue be brave. to speak up. Continue to, to be you. Um, yeah, I don't think for a while in my life and career, uh, I wasn't in that power. So the old me is proud of me for, for being brave and wants her to continue. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well done. So be brave, be brave. And, and what do you think, um, 
the formula is to creating a career pivot so like what different factors kind of were important to you to put and when you look back and reflect Mm. have almost been your pivot formula yes having support so well first of all getting clear on on what I wanted right so we have to be clear in our in our conviction and this vision that we want for our life and even if other people say we're crazy if we know we want it um it starts there and then I think creating a support network um and for me support was also financial right I had negotiated throughout my career I was still able to save money and that gave me a sense of um a little bit of security, right. To be able to say, okay, I've worked really hard. Um, not only am I going to ask for support from, you know, hiring a coach and my husband, but also I know I have this, this runway. So that's another reason why, you know, there's, there's options with money. Um, so creating support in, in whatever that looks like for you. And then just being kind to yourself away, along the way, things are, are almost never work out right exactly to our plan. So kind of giving yourself that grace to, to go with the flow, to be surprised, to right, continue to pivot even as you've pivoted, um, to find your, your flow or your groove um, and that you get to do it your way. That's, that's part of the benefit, I think, in terms of being a business owner now is you can try and experiment and explore and that's half the fun. <laughs> yeah and like seeing it as fun yes. and uh, knowing and being and being open and curious I definitely think are uh skills you kind of learn along the way and uh, I, I know for me I'm like micro pivoting all the time yeah. do I like this does it feel good do I like doing this kind of activity do I like doing this kind of like marketing thing do I like working with these kind of people mm-hmm. constantly constantly checking in with that to refine and tweak uh, I think that's I think when you've been through a big transition you kind of get better at doing that along the way yes. what is next for you can we can Ooh. I can I can I tell this you're currently yes. 38 yeah. weeks pregnant so <laughs> a big pivot is coming up the pivot to motherhood so congratulations yes uh, thank you Liz. That, that's what's next to you but what else as well what do you see the rest of 2020 holding Yes. So this is probably going to be my biggest pivot and biggest transition, um, in life. And so I'm excited to become a mom and, and then get to redefine, right. My, my business, my work, my being, what being a mother means to me and and creating my ideal life from this perspective. So, um, I'm definitely planning on, you know, sharing that my journey, because I know so many of us go through this, uh, as well. And, And, um, I've just launched the negotiator program. So it's my first online, uh, self-paced program with all of my, uh, HR insider insights, step-by-step on how to not only address the emotional and money components of negotiation, but the effective corporate language that you can use to, um, professionally, uh, build a case and negotiate for your career. So for me, it's really about, um, having that out there in the world feels really, really great to be able to share those insights. And for me, I just want to continue speaking on stages and sharing my story and, and, and meeting, uh, spreading the, the own your worth message. So I think a lot of, um, a lot of speaking this year and, uh, empowering people to negotiate. Mm, 
Lovely. It's so amazing that you brought this message and, and really, really helping people because that HR insight, that corporate insight combined with the self-worth work is such a beautiful yes. combination. So where can people find you? And maybe they, we won't ah. find you for a little while because you're going to be cuddling the baby. Um, <laughs> when you, you know, where, where, where are you at? I am online, of course. My website is ownyourworth.com and I have lots of um, uh, free resources there that you can uh, download in terms of if you head over to my blog page and if there's a topic there, there I, I've included a lot of ebooks so you can reach me on my website or um, I will be sharing you know this new motherhood journey on Instagram as well and my Instagram handle is ownyourworth. Um, and Liz, I want to offer for any of your listeners who want these negotiation skills, um, I'm going to share a discount code for your listeners if they want to um, take a look at the negotiator program. Absolutely. And we will put that, um, give you that information in the show notes and at the end um, so that you can access more of Ashley to help you in your pivots and um, owning your own worth. Thank you so much yeah. for coming on, Ashley. Yay, thank you Liz for having me. It was wonderful. You've been listening to the Slick Pivot Sessions with me, Liz Ward, the podcast for life's achievers and believers. I hope you've enjoyed listening as much as I've enjoyed making this podcast. Please take a moment to rate and review us on Apple or Google or wherever you get your podcasts. This really helps us grow and continue to bring you amazing guests. The show notes have all the links and references from today's session. Ashley has offered listeners of this podcast a 20% saving on the Negotiator program. Go to ownyourworth.com and use the code PIVOT20 to access the program. For one-to-one -one coaching or to find out about my Pivot Power program, log on to slickpivot.com. Until our next session together, stay nimble and remember, no pivot is ever slick.